Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to the first ever Raise Color Glasses podcast. I'm your host, Ryland Stiles, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Austin Ryman. And Austin, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How about yourself, Ryland? Uh, it's a pretty good day, especially whenever you get to talk about some uh, Rays baseball and baseball in general. Absolutely. Uh, Austin, uh, uh, how, real quick, how long have you been uh, following the Rays? I've been following the Rays ever since. I mean, really, I was born a Rays fan, uh, raised a Rays fan. I was, I was at the 08 World <laughs> Series games. Um, so really, as long as I can remember, I've been to countless big games. So I'm just really a longtime diehard Rays fan. Um, what about you? Uh, really around the 2007-2008 season, you know, with the you know the the, the fun times around the mm-hmm. Rays Good time to start. with Joe Madden and yeah Joe Madden and all those guys, they kind of just were an interesting team to follow, and uh, they really just you know kind of caught your eye uh, immediately. Uh, real quick, who's your favorite Rays player? You know, past or present? Uh, past, I would have to say David Price. Just I really grew up watching him in his prime here with that Cy Young season, and then also coming into 2008, really making his debut, and then making his real impact in that Game 7 of the ALCS. And then I guess present would be a tie between Blake Snell. And then as the readers know, I'm a huge Daniel Robertson fan, so I'd have to say Daniel Robertson. I just love the way he plays the game, and uh, I'm excited for Blake Snell in 2019. What about you? Uh, pass, I'd go Malik Smith. It's kind of an odd pick, but yeah, I really think that he's a he's an underrated player and you know kind of never – uh, got enough sh- of a shot outside of last year, and he played pretty well last year. So I'd say uh, Malik Smith. Uh, present, uh, I'd probably say Willie because you know he's just mm-hmm. he's just a fun character, and we'll talk about that you know a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but Willie's probably my favorite player uh, this year uh, on the present team. Uh, but real quick, you know, the goal of the show was going to be to kind of just recap each week in Rays baseball and a little bit throughout the division, a little bit throughout uh, the entire landscape of the majors, and, you know, just provide some insight, some some uh, analysis, some stuff that kind of goes deeper than what you can write or what you can convey uh, on a traditional article, you know, have some fun times, some laughs, play some games, do stuff like that uh, to kind of just engage with more uh, uh, readers and more Rays fans. Uh, what would you say your goal is for the show, Austin? Yeah, I think you hit it right there with the last thing you said. It's just generate conversation about the Rays, um, obviously provide some analysis, some insight, and like you said, I think I think it'll be nice on a weekly basis to give you guys a recap of all the Rays news, um, our opinions on games, and really stuff along that line, and then also Major League news, and especially I want to follow the AL East pretty closely as it'll be, it should be a tight race all year, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be a tight race for the Rays' standpoint in the division, and also in the wild card. So really, the AL is really going to have to get hit hard on this show, and and really just when discussing the Rays in general. 
this show is probably going to be a little bit shorter, this specific episode, as we're kind of trying to get our footing and everything while we're trying to go through the show quickly and get something up for you guys. And then uh, as we progress, it'll probably average out to around 45 minutes an episode or so as we get more things to talk about and deeper into the year and just more comfortable in general. Uh, but real quick, Austin, uh, you know, uh, why don't you go ahead and start us off with our first uh, sort of segment? Yeah, so I think one of the we're talking about some spring headlines here, and I think one of them would be that we're entering spring with a new starting catcher in Mike Zanino. Obviously, he came over in that trade with the big Malik Smith deal. Um, so I love coming into spring training with this guy behind the plate. He's plus defensively. He has good pop. He has three twenty home run seasons, I think, since breaking into the league with the Mariners. He's a Florida native. He went to UF. I watched him at UF growing up. My uncle's a huge UF fan. Uh, so that was fun to watch when he played in the College World Series. He brings a veteran presence to the locker room, uh, which I think is really needed on this young Rays team. you got young guys like Willie and Meadows and Lau um, and Robertson. So it would be nice to have that veteran presence in that locker room. Um, and I think one thing I really like to see is that he took those live ABs away earlier this spring training we saw earlier in camp just to learn the staff, and that shows a... Uh, He's really dedicated to learning his staff, working with Blake Snell, Glassnell, Morton, the new guys like Pagan. Um, so that's really, really refreshing to see, and I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table in 2019. Yeah, I think it'll be fun to watch him. And, you know, he was a guy that last year kind of finally got some uh, well-deserved credit around baseball with the whole uh, uh, Mike Zanino was good campaign that the Mariners did. Mm-hmm. I know Cut Four really gravitated towards that, and uh, Cespedes Family Barbecue did as well, as they are ran by a Mariners fan and I think an Orioles fan. But um, yeah, I think it'll be fun to have him uh, in Tampa Bay. He's kind of a guy that, you know, unless he's on your team, you don't truly appreciate, you know, how good he mm-hmm. is. And I think you kind of hit it right where, uh, right whenever you said that, you know, it'll be fun to watch him play all year, uh, and his work ethic is something that really is going to stand out to a lot of folks. Absolutely. Uh, Obviously, as you just mentioned, Malix is gone in that trade. Uh, he's in Seattle now. And so now it's really Austin Meadows and Garcia's time to roam right field and, and get things going. What do you think about those two guys holding down right field as the rest of the outfield is really solidified in Kiermaier and Pham? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to see Austin Meadows get a full shot at the major league level. You know, he's always been regarded as a, a five-tool prospect. And I was reading an article earlier in, by uh, – uh, writer of the Tampa Bay Times, and if, if he can put it together defensively, um, we could really see that five-tool potential play out and pan out. Um, he has speed. He has power. He's got an arm. So if we could see him put everything together, I think we could be in for a really exciting season with Meadows. But he's going to get more of those right-handed pitching at-bats. So another signing that we have was Avisail Garcia, who will I think will give Meadows a little run for his money too as a starting outfielder. And if we can see him return to his 2017 form with the White Sox, that'll be exciting to see, especially against left-handed hitters. Um, so I think right field is pretty solidified right now between those two. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch them sort of play off of each other all year. What about you? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, you know, uh, 
one of the big questions I have coming into the year is how much patience Kevin Cash is going to have with Meadows. Uh, not in the sense of sending him down by any means, but uh, just letting him work through a few things because Garcia is such good insurance and mm-hmm. he's kind of a reliable player, especially if he can get back to that 2017 season he had. He's such a reliable player and you know what you're going to get from him. And if this team's in a race, maybe you don't have time to slow pay, play with uh, Meadows. But I would love, love, love to see Austin Meadows get as many at-bats as possible because I think it's just a matter of time before he puts it all together and busts out and becomes the player that, you know, people who who care about prospects and have been monitoring prospects uh, have been waiting for. You know, he's been a guy ever since he was in Pittsburgh and, and all and his whole backstory of just someone who's, you know, prospect evaluators have just salivated over. And I, I think that he still has that potential, obviously. And I just think it's a matter of time before we see that at the big yeah, level. I think we saw a glimpse of that when he went over and he, he came over and he made an impact right away at Durham. He had 10 home runs and I think it was close to 100 at-bats. He just went on a just went on an absolute tear. Um, so I think in, we saw that, saw that carry into spring training. He hit a home run recently um, in one of the first games. So I think if we can just really just be excited for him and watch very closely when what could be a very exciting year for Austin Meadows. Um, another thing, the other addition, like obviously Garcia, was Charlie Morton. That was the first real big signing of the Rays offseason, really the biggest signing ever for the Rays. Uh, I think the most expensive free agent they've ever signed or player for that matter, um, two years, thirty million with that third option year. Um, he's going to bring an added presence in the locker room, especially I think the huge impact for Blake Snell and Tyler Glass. No, um, they both, all three of them, feature fantastic fastball curveball combinations. Um, he has that World Series pedigree you look for when you're trying to compete, and you have a young team. He's going to bring that pedigree to the locker room. Um, it's just a matter of I hope he stays healthy. I think he's 35 or 36 now, so you just hope that he stays healthy through it all. But what are your thoughts on adding Morton to this uh, roster? You know, I think that you know this can only be viewed. Uh, he's 35. I think this can only be viewed as a very good signing by the Rays. You know, it, it's not going to uh, you know alter their future by any means. You know, in terms of uh, they didn't truly break the bank for him uh, or give him too long of a deal considering his age. Uh, you know, of 35, but I think it can only provide positive things for this pitching staff that's going to be heavily dependent on, like you said, Snell, Glasnow, two young guys, and then also once uh, Honeywell comes back from injury, once Delone comes back from injury, uh, these young pitchers can really lean on him to, as you mentioned, the the pedigree can really lean on him to give them advice, you know, uh, tutor them and, and teach them a few things. Yeah, perfect. Um, I think we're going to segment in here, segue into some questions that we both are going to answer to end this show. So I think the first question that I have for you is, who do you think wins the backup catcher's role? We know the starting catcher is obviously going to be Mike Zanino, but who do you think wins that backup role, Michael Perez or uh, Shuifu? I think it's going to be Perez. I, you know, I think that you know he played pretty well last year in 2018. You know, 74 at bats at the in the big league level, uh, 284 average, a home run, 11 RBIs. I think he's going to be the guy that you turn to whenever Zanino needs a day off. Uh, I think that you know it, it's pretty well his job to lose this yeah. spring. Yeah, uh, I, agree. I was really impressed when he came over from that from the Diamondbacks in that Andrews trade midseason. They plugged him in right away, and he performed. I think yeah, like you said, he hit 284. I was impressed with his defense behind the plate, and like you said, I think it's his job to lose right now. Um, unless he has a, a poor spring, I think I see him coming out and prevailing with that backup role. Uh, second question, do you think right now Daniel Robertson or Duffy will be the starting third baseman on opening day, and then 
take it now another 162 games later at the end of the season, who will be the starting third baseman? Okay, so right now I'm going to say it's going to be Duffy. I think that they'll stick with Duffy for opening day, you know, the, the game one. Uh, game 162, I think, you know, it could really be anywhere from Robinson to Diaz to Arroyo. And you mentioned at the top of the show you're a big Robertson guy. And so I think that I'll take the stance of Arroyo. I'll take Christian Arroyo and I'll be a stand of Christian Arroyo because I still believe in him as much as I did whenever they traded Evan Longoria for him. I think that was a pretty good return and I still think he can be that third baseman of the future for the Rays. So I'm going to go Duffy opening day, Arroyo game 162. Yeah, I'll have to agree with you on Duffy on opening day. I think they just stick with him right now at third. I do, but like I said, I am a huge Daniel Robertson fan. If you read anything I write, it usually involves Daniel Robertson and how good he has like the chance to be. So I think by game 162, D-Rob has that spot locked up. I think it, he'll make it extremely hard for Rob, for Cash to keep his bat out of the lineup on a consistent basis. I don't. I just don't think... By the end of the year, he won't be the starting third baseman. Um, earlier this offseason, Pakota, baseball prospectus, Pakota projections, they projected the Rays to win 86 games. Are you taking the over or under on that projection? The over, for sure, without question, the over. It is worth noting, though, that with the 86 wins, they did put them as a second wild card, so that is uh, nice to see. What is the player you're most excited to watch for in 2019? You know, I really think that it's got to be Willie because, you know, if, if we believe, which I think me and you do, and I think a lot of people listening do, that this team is good enough to make the second wild card, to make a playoff push, maybe make some noise in the playoffs, depending on, of course, the, the arbitrary one game wild card. And then, you know, once you win that wild card game, you can go on a run, just like the Royals in 2014, winning that wild card game and sweeping their way through the AL. There's plenty of opportunity for this race team ahead of them and I think Willie Damas has that potential to be a superstar he's obviously a really good player he was last year he's already performing very well this spring I think that he's electric and he has that swagger that confidence that you need at shortstop his nickname is the kid I think that he has a really good chance to burst onto the scene and do something that Really, no one, in, no one in Tampa Bay has ever done and become a star of the caliber of a guy like Javi, Javi Baez in the sense of just a guy you know has swagger and you kind of tune in to see what is he going to do next, what's his hairstyle going to be, what's his bat flip going to be, what's the next web gym going to be, you know, you know, just stuff like that. I think that he's going to be the most exciting player on and Yeah, I totally field. agree. I was going to say Adamus, but I'll, I'll take it a little different route, but really quick on Adamus. I just wrote recently, I think, by the end of the year, he'll be one of the top middle infielders in baseball. I think there's just too much excitement around him. He was a top prospect in the Rays organization prior to coming up. He was a top prospect in baseball prior to being brought up. And I think in 85 games, he hit something like eight. It was 10 home runs. So if you play that out over 162 games, you could be looking at 15 to 20 home runs from this guy at short. It's just, I'm just super excited to watch him play 162 games. But I'm also super excited to watch Tommy Pham play a full season in a Rays uniform. I think... If he gets comfortable enough, you could you could see a top ten MVP season from him, just like he had in St. Louis. So I'm super excited to watch what he can do um, in 2019 and beyond for the Rays. Last question here for you: Who is the surprise player you would pick to make the opening day roster out of spring training? Well, obviously the qualifiers with this 
go as you know go go on said it's just spring training and there's nothing to really take from it you know it, it's meaningless ultimately but if we're going to pick a surprise candidate to make the roster and you want it to be a surprise player that's kind of flying under the radar to a certain extent i would say brandon low because they're trying to fit him into the lineup any way they can throughout spring training at first base i believe they played him at second base today against the orioles they're trying to get him in that lineup as much as possible, and I think that that's just kind of them trying to figure out how he fits onto the opening day roster. I don't know if there's really room for another position player, but I think that he'd be a, a nice surprise to have on the opening 25-man. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the pitcher in this instance. Uh, really, a spring training opened Colin Pochet's fastball and bullpens garnered a lot of attention. Um, I watched this guy a lot at AAA last year after they got him, and he's just he's un, he's just unbelievable. He's ridiculous. He has fantastic strikeout numbers at AAA, and since being drafted, really, he has done nothing but dominate minor league hitters. Um, so as long as that fastball plays at this big league level during spring training, um, I think I think he's going to get a lot of chance to prove that it does. I think he makes the spring training and sort of takes on that lefty specialist role that Venters had last year. So I would say. I put my money on Pochet, uh, but I also like Brandon Lau. I think it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up because they obviously love the bat, they love the potential, but just where is he going to play on a daily basis? Almost like Daniel Robertson, where where is he going to play on a daily basis? Because they're they're both going to make cash, have to put their bats in the lineup, so it's just a matter of where they're going to fill in. Yeah, and I think that you know uh, you know the the DH spot and first base battle between Diaz and and uh child is going to be something fun to watch too uh you know seeing who's going to win those two spots and if they use the dh spot as kind of a revolving door of who has the hot hand or hot bat right now uh is going to get into that slot so there's a lot of stuff to be excited about you know for the race yeah, this absolutely. season And so we want to thank you all for listening to this podcast, the very first one. It's only went uh, 17 minutes, but again, it's going to get longer and longer as we, you know, have more content and also just, you know, become more comfortable. We just wanted to really get this first episode out there and kind of out of the way and tell you guys what it was going to be about. Uh, as always, read over at Race Color Glasses, all of our work, mine, Austin's, and our writing team. Just we're putting out some articles daily and, and stuff for you guys to enjoy. Uh, Austin, real quick, why don't you plug your oh, Twitter handle? Really quick, I believe it is. Let me see. But yeah, thank you again, obviously, for reading all of our content. We really appreciate it. And then as we start to play the do more podcasts, I think personally, this is my first podcast. I know Ryland has experience doing some, but uh, just really uh, look out for these podcasts and uh, give it a listen. My Twitter handle is underscore or at. Ryman underscore Austin capital R E I M A N N underscore capital A U S T I N. What about you, Ryland? And you can find me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. That's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. And also follow Ray's Colored Glasses on Twitter at Ray's C O L O Glasses. Uh, you can find us there. We'll tweet out the links to our articles, interact with fans on Twitter throughout the games that, that go on, and any breaking news. Uh, me and Austin are really trying to get that Twitter off the ground and, and interact with you guys a lot more and bring you guys a lot more content there as well. So you can find this podcast probably every Wednesday. Of course, check in on the website and on Twitter to, to get that 
affirmed. But right now we're going to say every Wednesday. It's going to be, again, a weekly show covering the Rays, covering the AL East, uh, and covering the AL as a whole, and, of course, touching on any hot-button topics around baseball as a whole. But, you know, this is going to be a fun show. It was fun, this first episode. Austin, I had a lot of, a lot of fun talking Rays with you. So subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating. Tell us what you liked about the show, what you didn't like about the show. How can we improve and what would you like to hear us talk about? As always, of course, read our articles and and give us feedback on them. And also just ask us any questions you may have about the Rays. We might uh, get to answer them on the show and, of course, shout you out for asking great questions. Awesome. Do you have any last words? All right. Well, be good and be good to one another. This has been the Rays Colored Podcast on the Fansided Podcasting Network. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.